0: The Bible says to encourage one another and build one another up. That is why this podcast exists. Welcome to Real Life with Lynn, where you will find stories about applying scripture to life, whether it's over something big, small, or something in the gray area. I hope you will join me on the journey, find some encouragement in Jesus, and share it with someone you know. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Real Life with Lynn. And I am your faithful and slacking host, Lynn. (laughs) I hope you're doing well today, um, whenever and wherever you are listening. I refer to myself as slacking because it has been a while since I've actually put up a new episode. Um, But here I am hoping that this episode will be encouraging, maybe challenging. And really, this episode is just me sharing my processing the subject matter, which is the word ministry. Um, And that's a word that's used in Christian circles. Um, It often refers to um, somebody, some service or act done by a Christian group or an individual Christian that is used to express our faith and or used to spread our faith as an avenue to tell people about Jesus. That is most often the general view of ministry from a Christian perspective. And today, I just want to share with you a real moment in life where i really began to start to wonder about this this word and this definition and where this thought process is and honestly i'm still kind of in the middle of my wondering what ministry truly is and what that means one day in particular i was struggling feeling a little down on myself dare i say even a little bit depressed <laughs> i was feeling kind of down on myself for different things and i was a little emotional too so i was crying and i was talking to god kind of with an angry tone just Going, okay, God, what's going on? I'm feeling a little frustrated. I'm a little down on myself. And I was really in it. And suddenly, my phone goes off. And it's a friend giving me a call just to see how I'm doing. And of course, I answer the phone. I try to say I'm doing well, but they can tell I've been crying. And they're like, You do not sound okay. Please talk to me. And so I talked to this person for a few minutes about how I was feeling and was very honest with her. And she asked me, What can I do for you right now? in this moment, to help you? At first, I didn't have an answer for her because I didn't know what to say. Partially because I was unwilling to ask her for help in all honesty. But after a minute, I thought to myself, what would be the most helpful thing for me? And it turned out the most helpful thing for me was I need to get out of my head because I was too being too introspective as I tend to be, and I was so stuck inside my head, I need to get out of my head and find an activity that I could do in the evening time that would do that. And bowling was the first thing that came to my head. And so I shared with her look, I really just need to exert some energy. I'm going to go down to the local bowling alley, bowl a couple games and see how much that helps and she says hey you want me to go with you I'd be more than happy to go with you keep you company even bowl with you so there we go two friends going down to the bowling alley together just hanging out and it was fun I enjoyed it and we laughed and we joked and carried on and by the end of the night my friend just told me you know You have no reasons to be really down on yourself. I hate your feeling this way. I'm so sorry. I'm definitely praying for you and I'll definitely check in on you, you know, and then we went our separate ways and went home. And reflecting on that, that over the next couple of days after that night of bowling, I just said to myself, you know what, what that friend was doing for me was ministry. And I stopped myself and I said, wait a minute, if that is what I consider to be ministry, Does that mean that ministry is more than the conventional Christian way of thinking about it? Does that potentially mean that ministry is more than church leadership, church programs, or is it more than a particular service or act? (laughs) I I really started to think about it. And as someone who grew up in church and hadn't really questioned it too much, um, it didn't alarm me. But I was thinking, oh, okay, well, let me explore this and chase this apart in my head because I'm so introspective. And so I began to really reflect on the life of Jesus. And I would like to share those reflections here with you. So when I started to reflect on ministry, I began to think about the life of Jesus. And in church and Sunday school, we actually refer to those roughly three years of Jesus's life as his ministry. <laughs> we actually refer to that as his time of ministry. What does that what does that word ministry mean? Growing up, ministry seemed to only mean healing somebody, raising them from the dead, sharing the gospel, and it was so narrow to me. And I went through a lot of my teenage years and and young semi-adulthood feeling confined by the definition I was taught. But in the life of Jesus, if we're calling that ministry, I just want to point out what kind of things was Jesus doing during his so-called ministry, well, one of the first things he does is he attends a wedding with his disciples and he turns water into wine <laughs> and he was living his ministry and he was telling people about his father and talking to them about it. He calls disciples to teach them. He he sits outside on a hillside and, and teaches thousands of people. He speaks in what we call parables or stories about relating real life experiences that they were in to his father. And we call that ministry. He also, uh, what, multiplied fishes and, and loaves of bread. He, he multiplies that to feed thousands of people. He also, what else did he do? He, <laughs> let me look. I have a Bible here in front of me. Hold up. He also preached. He did. He preached. He did go into a couple of temples and synagogues and read scripture and talk to them about Jesus. He preached on a hillside in this famous Sermon on the Mount and talks to his disciples and the people about how to do different things like pray, what's the definition of adultery, giving to the needy, and the importance of that. He also heals many people with leprosy. He heals children. He reminds his disciples about the cost of following him. He calms storms for the disciples. He does all these things and we dub it ministry. Here's how I began to think about it. At the end of all of it, as I flipped through my Bible and looked at all these headings, I just stopped and said to myself, you know what? Jesus's ministry was a lifestyle. He was living the life that his father, that God had created him to live. And as he was doing that, he was inviting other people into relationship with him. He was inviting other people to believe in him. As he was living life alongside his disciples, he was inviting them into relationship with him. He was teaching them how that, what that means. He was also challenging the status quo, the typical way of the churches. He didn't spend a lot of time inside temples. He spent time with the people. And in the beginning of his life and ministry, so to speak, the Pharisees saw him at a tax collector's house and sitting with people who were considered the rugged people of the group, the fishermen, tax collectors, women, all kinds of people. And the Pharisees, which, you know, if you've listened to other episodes, you know who the Pharisees are at this point. They were the leaders in the temples and churches of the day. They caught Jesus there and they asked him, what are you doing here among these sinners? And Jesus says something profound that I have yet to fully grasp, but I'm trying. He says he did not come to heal the healthy. (laughs) He came to heal the sick. (laughs) He came to the people that need him. He went to them. He didn't sit around in heaven, sitting beside the father going, Hmm, I wonder when Matthew, the tax collector is going to come seek me out and turn away from his scheming ways of being a tax collector. (laughs) He didn't sit in heaven and wonder, when is Mark going to come follow me and record, you know, different acts of ministry that I may do? You know, he he didn't sit in heaven and wait for them to come to him. He went to them. He came down to our level, met us where we were at, and taught us. What relationship with him meant. And the Pharisees were uncomfortable with it. Why? Because it challenged the conventional. Now, as I was thinking through the life of Jesus, how he challenged the status quo, I began to think about my own life and think about, okay, that was great and done in Jesus' day. Fabulous. He sat on hillsides and preached. It's not like I can go out and do that. I'm not called to that. That's not my gifts. So then I began to think, okay, I need to really have a definition, a personal subjective, I will say subjective, a subjective definition of ministry to me. What do I believe is ministry and how do I believe Jesus wants me to do that in my life? How does that look? And I began to think about a thesis I wrote. And for those of you that don't know me very well, I actually do have a master's degree. And for that degree, I had to write. A about a hundred and fifteen page thesis. And the title of it was Living in the Shadow of the Cross. Now I know that may not make sense, but the picture on the front of it was a picture of a cross and it had a shadow casted behind it and it had a person standing behind it. So if you can picture that in some way, the goal of that thesis and the whole point of it is that as I am living out my own faith, I am also extending hands out to people around me that are in my sphere of influence, that are at the grocery store, that are at my day job. I'm extending my hands out to them in kindness and in love. I'm showing them God through how I live, but I'm also very willing and able To invite them verbally into a relationship with Jesus. Or to invite them into spiritual conversation. To listen to where they are. To meet them where they are at the grocery store. This is how I look at ministry. And that is where I believe God has called me to live in that space. And so I wrote my thesis on that concept. Really, at the end of all of my thought process, I came down to this. For me, ministry is happening when... A Christian, me, is striving to live out their faith using the resources and gifts God has given them and serving other people with it. I do the best I can to live my life, my daily life, with eyes wide open to who Jesus would have me interact with. I may smile at the lady at the grocery store and make her day. I may take time out of my work day, five or ten minutes, to just sit and build relationship with a co-worker. I may even choose to help somebody pay a particular bill in a tough month they're having. All of these things in my life that I've done and or, or will do, I consider to be acts of ministry, acts of service and ministry to other people. As I've said before, ministry is not something to be confined to church walls. Because if you look at the life of Jesus, he was not confined to the temple and church walls of his day to do ministry. He spent a lot of time outside the church walls because honestly, sometimes the deepest ministry and service and connection and inviting people in a relationship with Jesus, it often happens outside the church building. In little moments when you're down and depressed and a friend goes bowling with you, that's ministry. And I also want to encourage you because I think sometimes if you're around church people a lot or around a lot of other Christians, and you see other Christians that are living a career in full-time ministry. And these are the people that are praised in church. And yes, their work is valuable. It is beautiful. It is it is God God's work. However, let us not hold up people in church leadership and in missionary status so high that we view them as the elite Christians and that we discount our acts of service, and compare ourselves to other people. Because I know for me, that's the challenge. It's very easy for me to compare myself to other people that I feel do it better, or to compare myself to other people that churches recognize more often as being in ministry. Um, it's very easy to get for me to get down on myself and to think, oh, well, um, <clears throat> I'm not called overseas, so therefore I am not going to be able to do ministry. Or I'm not doing like a church program, or I'm not a Sunday school teacher, or I'm not a church leader. Therefore, I am unable to do ministry. Uh, no, I would I would say that's not the case. I would say to you that doing ministry is a part of the Christian lifestyle. <laughs> that it's it's a part of our lifestyle as we walk and walk with other people and hold our hands out and just invite other people into a relationship with Jesus, invite them into conversations about it. For me, the best tool to share the gospel is consistently listening and inviting people into a conversation about where they are spiritually and meeting them where they are, treating people like people. Because to be honest, sometimes ministry, um, people that are non-Christians that are being ministered to, so to speak, can often feel as if Christians are taking them on as a ministry project, and that your goal in ministry is to convert them and leave them high and dry. Now, we've read the Great Commission, and I recognize that that's not the goal that Jesus has. When he talks about it, he talks about it in a way that says, go and make disciples and teach them. Don't just convert them and leave them high and dry. That's not Jesus's way, and that." is not our way. If you're out there listening and you, maybe you don't know where you fit into this Christian lifestyle of ministry, or you're even wondering yourself, what on earth is ministry? What are you talking about, Lynn? You're using this word that I haven't heard much of. I just encourage you to live your life eyes open, eyes open to opportunities to demonstrate the character of God by how you live your life. Ministry is more than a Than career opportunity. Ministry is more and deeper and richer than what we can fathom as people. And so I just hope that you leave this episode um, encouraged that you can do it too. (laughs) That with, with God and as you're living as you're living out your faith and you're using the resources and gifts that God has given you and you're serving other people in those ways and you're, you're using that to invite other people into spiritual conversation and relationship with Jesus, I just hope that you leave this episode encouraged to... Go and make disciples. <laughs> Encouraged to go and talk to people about where they're at in their spiritual journey. Encouraged to smile at people as you pass by. Encouraged to reach your hands out to people that are in your sphere of influence. To to people that you have contact with on a daily basis. To reach a hand out and say, "How can I help?" or "How can I serve you?" Or taking an interest in other people as people. Because all of us, humans, all we really want is to be treated and respected as people. To be seen for who we are. And to be known. And to be loved. Regardless of mistaken choices we make. We want to be known, seen, and loved by other people. We want that from Jesus too. And if we are demonstrating that to other people, we are giving people a reflection of Jesus And that's powerful ministry right there. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you were able to find a nugget of encouragement or wisdom for your life today. I would love to hear what God is teaching you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or the website. Don't forget, share what you learned today with someone you know. And also be encouraged. You're not alone on this crazy, curvy, and sometimes bumpy road I like to call real life.